Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jersey Joe Corner. It is brought to you by Big Heads Media. It is going to be a great hockey season uh, coming right up. A lot of interesting things. Uh, Anchor.fm will help you uh, start your podcast and get things rolling. It's going to be a lot smoother when you uh, when you get the Anchor app, and it's so much easier to navigate. Even their online website at anchor.fm is very efficient and you can do a lot of great things with it and i i stand by it myself and i must say it's time to say let's go devils Hello everybody, I am Jersey Joe, and I am the head of the Jersey Joe Corner, and what I do is I am the one who uh, started this podcast to uh, express uh, not only uh, New Jersey Devils hockey, but also talk about everything from uh, World Juniors to even uh, the draft and even advanced stats stuff that most people usually don't think about when they think about hockey but also we want to expand on various subjects that you the listeners would be uh entertained and also we like to take people's questions and whatnot and so feel free to come in and listen to the podcast with the first pick overall the new jersey devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. Let's go, Mic check. Mic check. Hello. <laughs> Happy New Year's to everyone abroad. It is almost New Year's in New Jersey. This is Jersey Joe Ed. Jersey Jim. What's up, everybody? How we doing? You know, we're about, I don't know, seven, six and a half hours, give or take, from the new year 2020. And the Devils, they go out with a bang. Big, big victory today. Love the way they played. I'm actually going to be rewatching the game at 5.30 because I only caught the end of it because um, I was out playing hockey today. I was off from work, so what else am I going to do? Uh, plus, <laughs> plus, I was watching the juniors, Canada, Finland, you know, just some great games there. That kind of has been taking my attention away from uh, the Devils, but I always seem to find to figure out a way to watch the game. So, um, while we're recording this, I'll have the game on because the replay is going to be coming on in a little bit, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, because of the 
World Juniors, there's been a lot of interesting uh, teams that I've been keeping an eye on, especially with the Devils prospects and the recent uh, acquisition of Kevin Ball. I, I kept my eye on uh, a kid from uh, the Czech team in Jan Mishak, who ended up being the player of the game for Team Czech Republic. And also, uh, last year I was pretty high on Dylan Cousins in the top five, top seven. And he and... had a goal today for Canada in, in their route of uh, the Czech Republic, which is unfortunate because the Czechs, you know, I used to, you know, just go tangent on the World Juniors real quick. You know, Czechs, they were depleted today coming into that game. They had lost their starting goaltender. Uh, they lost a player against Russia to begin. And then Jan Yannick suffered an, a knee injury in Monday's game against the United States at the end of the second period. And he couldn't – and he didn't play today. And it's funny. All that going against them, the crowd was still great. They had their moment in the second period as wild second period. Down 4 nothing. They score two quick goals, make it 4-2. You're like, oh, here we go. We got a game. Then a weird bounce, a lucky bounce. And then um, Nathan Foodie's right in front and pops in an empty net goal. And that was, I mean, Canada's just too good. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because the Czechs played Sweden in the crossover quarterfinals on Thursday. And even though Sweden has now run their uh, unbeaten streak to 52-0 in the round robin, they seem to never win in the medal round. It seems like, remember that fortune cookie I sent you, the, uh, the little thing? It's, it, it talks about great things have to deal with adversity first. Yeah. Um, that's one of Sweden's uh, problems right there is that they face teams that aren't as good as them or anywhere as good. Uh, so I tend to think because they have Holtz and they have – Raymond on their uh, their top line, and you know, uh, and Hollinger. Hollinger, yeah. yeah. I was going to say you you know more about Hollinger than I do on that one. I'll give you that. I mean, he's. I mean, look, the kid has scored. I mean, look, Sveshnikov scored two of those lacrosse goals in Michigan's. I mean, he did one in the tournament this year, and I was awesome. Um, and then his stick handling ability is crazy. I mean, the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, imagine this kid playing maybe potentially next year with Elias Patterson. Uh, You're talking about lethal. I, I mean, unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, look, the closest thing Sweden saw was in their opening game against Finland. They beat uh, Holt scored with, like, five seconds left in overtime to – to beat Finland. So, I mean, that's the closest game they they have probably seen in this tournament. Um, but you never know. I mean, the Czechs are going to be hungry. They're not going to want to lose. I just don't see Sweden losing to the Czech Republic in the quarterfinals. I actually see Czechia coming back, proving that they can move on to the next round. And especially with former double possible assistant coach uh, Patrick Eliash on that check bench. And, of course, that crowd is very raucous. And they they do celebrate well with those Czech beers in their hands in the stands. Uh, I have to say that's a really crazy atmosphere, even though Team USA won in overtime thanks to Turcotte and Zgrass. And Cole Caulfield. <laughs> Goal Caulfield. He was what a trade target a we were talking about. Pass. What a pass. 
What Spinorama a pass and a beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. I mean, the, three, the Wisconsin then, boys are tearing it up at the tournament right now. Zegris leads Team USA with um, nine assists. Um, and then you got uh, Shane Pinto's having himself a tournament, along with Arthur Kaliev. Both have four goals. Lead Team USA. They have Finland in the crossover quarterfinal on Thursday. So USA gets to play Finland, and Finland actually has some interesting talent this upcoming draft uh, in Anton Lundell. So I actually have a, a book on him a little bit, but um, we're it's unfortunate talk- that Lundell's not playing in this tournament because he got hurt and it was announced that he wasn't he was going to be out for. It's unfortunate because he's such a great player, but I mean, look, they've been playing well without him. But I mean, the United States, I think they could take their game to another level too. I just believe you know the way. Okay, segue over to the coaching side again. Um, Devils fans or just hockey fans listening in or any fan who's listening to the show for the first time, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, So I recently put out an article about why I feel uh, Scott Sandlin should be the next New Jersey Devils head coach. Uh, I had a, a person reply back that he would have John Cooper and he would also want Bruce Boudreaux and um, Cooper only if he gets fired, but I still think Sandlin uh, and his uh, accomplishments already with Minnesota Duluth being Joey Anderson's coach, his former coach. And I like the way that, you know, two straight back-to-back titles in 2018 and 2019, you know, he got the most out of his players and, you know, the Devils, you know, they have really solid star players. But, you know, when you get more out of the young and veteran players, it really can be effective. And you're starting to see that from the Team USA uh, roster that we see now with Zgras, Turcotte, Caulfield, you name a few other guys, they're, they're starting to play that way, especially Shane Pinto. Uh, Kaliev, I mean, he's been playing. Uh, he's been playing uh, great for Team USA as well. Um, and then you know Spencer Knight um, in net. I mean, he's been shaky, uh, but he's he's definitely locked. He locked it down against the Czechs when it, it mattered the most. Um, and then on the back end, you know Samuelson, um, and then Kondre Miller, another Wisconsin guy. I mean, New York Ranger prospect. New York Ranger prospect. You know, Jack Drury's been unbelievable. John Beecher, Bruins prospect. I mean, I watched the tournament. Uh, I was watching the last two games, and this guy blocking shots. I mean, you know, this is the Devils podcast, obviously, but we have our viewership in, in the New England area. The Bruins fans, you're going to like this guy. He is a prototypical Bruin. I mean, this guy blocks shots, works hard, penalty kill guy. He's, I mean, he's just respect for him for what he does on the ice. And honestly, like, try to give our viewers a view of if Scott Sandlin is the head coach. Like, I wrote down the formations of the power plays and just I mean, the, the power play is the power play that. is great. And so, so what I wrote down was like in the first few games, what I noticed when they played Canada uh, in the neutral zone, Team USA did a one-two-two trap. So they put one uh, forward up top. They put two uh, forwards in the back and two defensemen by the blue line hugging the wall. 
And so they were slowing down the Canadian offensive uh, before they could blitz Shane Knight right away, uh, which kind of slowed down Canada for a little bit, but they didn't apply it enough throughout the rest of the game. So they kind of lost their, their edge. And then when you talk about the power play that game, they did a one, two, two formation on the power play with one guy in front and then uh, two guys in the mid danger and two guys at the, uh, at the low danger. And they switched uh, the one, two to make it the three men up formation in front of uh, Nico Dawes. And then they had the two defensemen in the back on hugging the blue line. Yeah. That was where Keandre Miller and Samuelson were on a power play. And then you had like Wallstrom and you had um, Pinto and you had all those guys crashing in front. And I mean, look, they had that game was ridiculous because they were down. Then they tied it. And then Miller would, I don't know what he was doing, thinking, tries to make this backhand soft pass across. And Alexei Lafreniere, who missed the last, has missed the last two games for Canada. Very unfortunate injury. Very unfortunate injury, uh, but they didn't need him against Germany and Czech Republic. Um, just comes in and scores on Spencer Knight, and, and that was the game, and that was it. But I like the way the, uh, the U.S. bounced back after that. They beat Germany, then they beat a good Russian team, um, and then they finished out with the Czechs in overtime. And that overtime win was huge for them because, you know, that locked up the second seed in Group B, which is, was known as a group of death. I mean, look, I mean – it was the first time in history of the World Junior since they went to this format that every team was one and one and one after two games. And I know, uh, kind of mixing it in, we uh, talk a little about Kevin Ball. So, like, Devils fans prior uh, to settling into the trade with Taylor Hall, you know, for those who haven't really listened in or paid attention much. Uh, Ty Smith is part of that top pairing Canadian defense core. Yep. Then you have Kevin Ball who can play second and third line minutes, but he's beginning to really gel at that 19 year old, that young 19 year old role. Yes. And he's, he's really like, I, I, I sent you that video about Zdeno Char when he was a young man, when mm-hmm. he was uh, both an Islander and a Senator before uh, your, your, your big Bruins GM uh, picked him up, uh, Shirelli. Yeah. That, is, that there was potential. And so I think Ray Shiro and the scouts uh, see that similarity in Kevin Ball because you have that bit of a DNA on a player and the history. So I see that upside. And if Kevin Ball is going to be a New Jersey Devil, I can see him easily being second pairing. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, look, he's a big guy. Um, you know, he's 6'6", six, six, 240. I mean, he threw a big hit, open ice hit, in the first game against the United States. Bobby Brink got that yeah, receiving Bobby, end. Yeah, he was on the receiving. So, that's good physicality there. He's a little lean. Um, he's still got to develop some. Like I t- tell everybody, like Jack Hughes still needs to develop. You can see it now, so you can like look at the trajectory, real quick. Nico Hüster played in this tournament, what 2017, and then and then yes, he did play. So he he did play. So when he gets drafted number one, he comes into the league right here, and he didn't have a bad first two years. But you can see now, now that he's fully developed into his man body, 
he's starting to take over games. And it doesn't hurt that Taylor Hall got traded because now it is officially his team. Because since the trade, he has been more noticeable on the ice than before. I find he's starting to turn into that um, that Jonathan yes. Taves type player and that Pavel Datsyuk, and I'm seeing that two way game more. I feel mentally he's uh, he's more noticeable in controlling his end of the defense, and he's able to control the offense, and he can play the special teams game, and that's what I noticed when he was with the Halifax Mooseheads. He was you know stripping pucks away. Um, when he was with Switzerland, like you said, in that uh, World Junior, he was able to uh, make a game out of every other opportunity. And then after he won those puck battles, I noticed in the Cherry Ore tournament, um, he got that nice little breakaway uh, pass from Nikita Papagayev, who is uh, who's in Binghamton with the Devils and all and all the yep. what used to be Albany, but is the AHL. So. You have two two kids who uh, practically know each other from that Cherry Ore tournament, and so that kind of made me believe that he would go first overall. Well, that's what did it for Patrick. me too. I mean, watching that tournament, I said um, this kid Heisher is going to be the real deal. And then, but you know, Patrick's um, Patrick's um, injury history played a role. And you know, a little quick tidbit here: our guy that we talk to a lot, our inside guy over there. Um, he was telling me that, you know, there was there was a potential that the Devils could have taken McCarr with the number one pick, but the problem is the needed center, I think, outweighed the need on defense. But, you know, it's crazy. And, you know, now, you know, Heischer's coming into his own. He's playing well. Devils are playing well. I mean, what, they're 5-6-2, and 5-6-1 since the coaching change. 11 points now they've gotten. It's crazy. They're playing it's, unbelievable. They're, they're, they're playing this, you know, team-centric uh, style that we've all been wanting to see since the start of the year. And since Taylor Hall has been traded – and John Hines is gone. You know the the art the the art of war states that you know it, if it's the fault of the general, it's not on the soldier. In this case, you know it's not the fault of the general or the soldier. In this case, because everyone's buying into the system. Yeah, I mean, it, everybody's finally buying into the system. The Devils are playing a good defense. Um, they have belief now and that's something that they didn't have at the beginning of the year they're playing high tempo hockey real fast um you know coming back from 2-0 against a good Bruins team I mean you know Bruins do have some injuries you know Connor Clifton wasn't there Charlie McAvoy David Krejci Tory Krug the list goes on um but you know they took advantage of that I mean Yara Halak played really well for them and the fact that the Devils dominated the second and third period they probably should have won the game in regulation. Let's be honest, the way they played. There, there were a few penalty calls that could have gone either way on both teams, and there were times where, several times, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this as a referee that both both sides got canceled out in in the middle of it because I saw two high sticking penalties, both 
on New Jersey and against. Yeah, uh, I mean, but look, they're letting them play, so that's that's okay. I mean, I'd rather let them play, let them play hockey, than what we got at the World Juniors, where everything's getting called, and I got to hear that stupid song played over and over again, like I'm listening to. Um, oh, where the heck? What's the name of that show or whatever movie it was? Oh, with Eeyore in it. You know, it sounded just like this droopy song. Oh, oh, like uh, what, what was that name? Oh my god! Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, the Pooh. Eeyore in them. It's like, yeah, this song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Knock, knock. Come on, knock, knock. So you know, there's a balance, and I'd rather let them play than not play. I mean, it was a dicey call in the end of overtime, and just brat. It could have got. I mean, it was legit penalty, but again. 11 seconds left in overtime. You could let it go. Um, I mean, the devil. And the one thing that they've definitely improved on is their face offs. Um, you know, he's your part of that. And did you see that little move that they made? Um, I don't know if anybody caught it. They sent two centers. They, there was Zajac was on the wing, and uh, he sure was uh, yeah, taking yeah, that, that was last a great face move off by uh, Nazardine. Sent two centers out there just in case one guy lost a draw. He did two, his two best centers out there. And that's similar to what similar to what Boston does. And, and and they actually had Mirko Mueller. This was actually his best defensive game. I actually, uh, I'm actually saying that for the first time in my life in this decade, uh, because I usually when uh, Mirko Mueller and uh, trust really don't resonate uh, very often because of the John Hines situation uh, really put him in a bad spot defensively as a defenseman and just would pull a guy. Yeah. I, I, you know what? You can't say anything bad about Mueller. He played, played really good defensively. I mean, the whole team really played solid defense today. You can't really complain what they did. Um, and it was a solid effort all around. Great game. Devils were solid, both ends of the ice. The power play, especially, um, just that all three components of the game were good. Uh, I mean, look, you know, you know, like I said, the top guys are going to get their points regardless. I mean, that's what's going to happen. Top guys are going to get their points on the other team, but if you limit those points, you can win those games, and that's what they did today. And they had a solid effort. It was a good effort. Um, you know, you come off a good, good win against a good win against the, you know, a good, a decent Ottawa team that's playing better. You should have had better fate. It should have had a better fate against the trial Maple Leafs on Friday. You picked up a point. So, I mean, they're picking up points now and they're, and they're starting to win games. And I, look, before everybody puts the playoff train and thinking they're St. Louis Blues, look, they got a lot of work to do. The signs are good. The positivity is there. They're playing well. Take it in stride. Don't look too far ahead. They're playing well right now. Close out the year the right way. And and I always say, you know, whether it's work or it's sports, you take it one game at a time. Don't plan ahead because when you overthink things and you're just trying to build chemistry, it doesn't quite add up. It's a, it's a fine line that you have to build when you're, you know, trying to build chemistry as chemistry as a team and momentum as a team, and so with the coach, 
and Nasruddin doing what he's doing. He's doing an amazing job, you know, keeping guys like Blake Coleman and Nikita Gusev on the same line and, uh, you know, putting it in a blender. You know, these are all intangibles that we're starting to see uh, used yeah, more often. Yeah, you know, the lines are pretty much staying together. The guys are playing out. Nikita Gusev is finally coming into his own in the National Hockey League. I mean, you know, it took him some time to get adjusted to the game, but he's playing really well. I, I'm happy with his progress. Um, you know, that top line now, Palmieri, uh, Heischer, and Bratt, are, you know, they're finding some things. Um, so it's, you know, it's all positive for the Devils. And that's what you want from your team. You don't, you know, it was enough of the negativity. We're tired of it. And they're putting some things together, and Nazardine's figuring it out. And I will say this, you know, going to 2020, I know when people open up and listen to this podcast uh, tomorrow going forward, it's going to be a year of progress. I mean, literally a year of progression because now we're going to kind of move on a little bit into what Ray Shiro did was giving uh, Nikita Ohotiuk that Entry-level contract, yeah, which I believe yeah, is three-year ELC. Three Depends on eligibility. So, so, bas- so basically, after his year with the Ottawa 67s concludes, uh, he can basically join uh, the AHL club in, uh, in Binghamton and not have to rush himself. And I believe that's the best move is to have him develop once again, with a guy like Sergey Brilin, who understands the Russian side of things and the North American side of things perfectly. And it's an excellent feeling to have him to also be with a guy like Mikhail Maltsev, who's already going through his uh, first year in uh, North yeah, America. Yeah, I mean, Maltsev has had some, uh, if you follow, if you're following the uh, Bing Devils, Baby Devs, he's had. Wild shootout yes. this year. He's been playing well for the Devils this year, and, and you know, but that that he did he pulled off a Forsberg having a good camp. I believe that. Like you know, see, you see it with Bastion, you see it with McLeod. You know, all those guys are having good seasons down there because it stems from a strong training camp. They all came in looking to steal somebody's job. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But they, but they that that didn't discourage them. They're going back to the A, and they're still playing well. So you hope that look and the um and and the player that was also a sixty-seven. So it's a Kevin Ball. How many Devils that played for the sixty-seven now? What is that three, four, four? You have four now. So so you have Ohotyuk. Ball. You have Ball. You have Holsher. And hold on a sec. I'm going to try and remember the other yeah. one. Oh, Graham Clark. Graham, Graham Clark is due by uh, February 16th, my birthday, uh, for coming back from Four his injury. Four Devils, so, all playing on Ottawa 67s. If they can keep those guys together, that's going to build some chemistry. That And you know what? It's also great that, you know, whoever the scout is that – that takes care of the OHL. I, I have to say, give him a raise because that scout 
has found some really good talent in the draft in the past, like, 365 days, maybe less, because, you know, when it, when it comes to race, you're looking for a really good deal, and seeing a kid like Ball, who wasn't, you know, the most sought-after prospect by other teams, but the Dells were very mm-hmm. high on him in the draft, but weren't able to get him. This is great uh, evaluating a great player evaluation and getting an understanding of who they can bring in to add into this devil's core and over time grow the team and the defensive core. And I know a lot of people are going to say, Joe, that's crazy. Um, No, you're crazy for not thinking about what could happen next season in uh preseason yeah i mean camp. look next season preseason camp is going to be pretty special you know have all these guys you get ty smith back in there kevin ball be in you know maltsev will be in there um joe help me out with the pronunciation on um the new guy that they just signed the kid on the 67s oh which which yeah. one the the, the yeah, recent one nikita exactly. so you have those guys coming in you know, and you you got to believe that Smith will probably make the team next year, um, just because of you know another year in junior, he'll potentially have a world junior goal. Potentially, I you know I think kind of will get a medal. Um, but then you have Ball there as well, so it, it'll be interesting to see. And then again, the big question mark is. You know, as much as Sammy Vontanen has value, what contract kind of offer do they give him? He's a free agent. Do they keep him around? The dog feels like they should keep him around. I'll go with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Charlie spoke. Charlie spoke. Charlie spoke. He <laughs> feels that Vontanen should stay. I think Vontanen should stay. Yeah, Charlie agrees. So I Well, I think Sammy Vontanen should have – a two-year deal, and I would say five point one million dollars, and maybe uh, a bonus. I see. This is, so, this is the thing. Like, look, I wish NHL contracts. This is where I wish NHL contracts were like baseball contracts, because a guy can sign for like two years, two three years, and then there's an option. Like it's a team option or a player option, and. Yeah. Well, so they do that for coaches. It would be nice to have player contracts like that, right? So, because Vaughn, you could see, could earns himself maybe about a two, three year deal with an option for another year. But, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Vaughn does get traded, but I could see him coming back, you know, if he does get traded. Because he just seems to have this really good uh, way of playing the well, devil's system. and He's one of the leaders back there. I mean. And he's one of the leaders. And if he, and if he like Wayne Simmons, wants to resign with New Jersey uh, on a short contract, go ahead. I, it, you're not locking yourself into a bad position. You're actually giving him a good idea of what this team could be exactly. in the next so, two years. I, mean, I like what he brings. Um, you know, and then obviously today, you know, 31 Thoughts with Elliot Freeman talked about the Devils having interest in 
you know, the Buffalo Sabres uh, defensemen that are on the block, which in- includes, um, you know, Miller, Ristolainen, um, oh, who's the Bogosian. Bogosian's a big guy. I, I like him. I wrote about Miller a couple times for Pucks and Pitchforks. Uh, I put it out there a couple times. On, on how much I actually liked his uh, his physical game and the way uh, his uh, his his numbers line up in advanced stats with blocking shots and stuff like that, and I believe the Devils deserve a guy like him, and he, having a guy like him would help guys like Ohotyuk and maybe Daniel Misule when he's ready to come over from the KHL and learn to play from a NHL player, if the Devils get that yeah. kind of guy, I think yeah, and, be and he's playing with Russia right now at the World Juniors. Um, and it and he's looked good in the games I've seen him play in. Um, he didn't obviously play in the first one. Russia has a really good. A stacked depth oh, yeah. in uh, defense, and I ex- I absolutely liked the way he was under the skin of uh, Dylan Cousins the other day, um, but I did see that you know he was keeping you know the crease clear and you know when I saw that stuff, it kind of reminded me a little bit of what Ken Danico highlights used to look like. I know I'm bringing things back to the '80s. For a lot of people, but yeah, like, um, but his skating though is pretty agile, pretty fast. I I can see why you know the Devils drafted him, uh, because he's a good blend of offense yeah, and defense, and you know he's a solid player. Um, I mean, look in that Canada game, the Russians just were out skating the Canadians. Uh, they just had a letdown. After playing against Team USA, but then USA, you know, they bounced back and they, you know, Russia and the United States. That was a great game um, there. So I mean, look, the Devils' future is bright. Um, it's funny. Uh, I was talking with somebody. Somebody goes to me. You know, wouldn't it be funny if the Devils were buyers at the deadline? I said, it kind of would be, considering everybody thinks they're going to be a seller, but they are in the position, especially salary cap wise to maybe add a guy that has contract length at the deadline. And actually, you know what? You do bring up a great idea. Let me check uh, cap friendly so everyone knows I'm telling them the exact numbers. So cap friendly, just logging on. Uh, Let's see. The Devils have projected cap space of Six million five hundred fifty-three thousand one hundred forty-six dollars. Current cap space of twelve million six hundred ninety-six thousand seven hundred twenty. So they got some room to add some guys if they chose to. Twenty-two twenty-five of fifty given, so they can make another one or two moves. Really don't need to spend the money. Yeah. 
So they got so they got room to so they got room to add if they chose to. So not much, but they still got some room. They they still have that three million dollars left after uh, this year when uh, when July first hits when Taylor Hall's contract's done. So they'll be off the hook for that. Um, don't forget Andy Green's got five million dollars coming off the cap, so you'll have that'll be like eight million dollars there. If Sammy Vatnin doesn't return, that's another four point eight seven five million dollars off the books. So basically, like the Devils are in a really good financial spot because <clears throat> let me talk about the fours for a minute. So let's pretend John Hayden doesn't return, right? right? Uh, I I see him only returning to the AHL if he were to come back. But that'd be around seven hundred fifty grand coming back, and you could reinvest that money towards uh, a guy like, uh, let's say, you could bring back Wayne Simmons, who's due five million dollars, or maybe a little bit more. But I think Simmons, you know, you can give him another year. Yeah, because he he did say he wants to stay, but. Really, everyone else is pretty much locked up um, until 2021, 2022, and uh, July uh, 1st of 2023, mainly. So what does that mean? Um, Jack Hughes' contract, his RFA status is up by July 1st, 23. Same thing with Miles Wood. Same thing with Pavel Zaka. And same with Jesper Bokvist. So, I mean, everybody's entry-level deal. And don't forget, at that same time, Subban's contract will be done. That is correct, because Subban has three more years left. Right. So, and every, I know everybody's in their entry-level um, contract. And so, this summer of... 2020 of July 1st, Mirko Mueller will be an RFA. Uh, if they want to keep him, he won't cost them much. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can win at this point if you're Mirko Mueller's camp, uh, both financially and statistically. But I honestly think that because the Devils will have so much money uh, to spend – they will be able to reallocate it towards uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, and Blackwood deserves a one point eight million dollar contract, and I like five percent of that. <laughs> yeah, I would like five percent of that too. Um, that would be <laughs> that makes ten. That that would that would be great. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So um, yeah, uh, that's definitely not going to happen. But it would be nice um, if that were to happen. But uh, it isn't, so um, it's okay. The I mean, the situation is perfect because, you know, Ray Shiro didn't, you know, listen to everyone on social media saying, re-sign Taylor Hall eight years. Get it done, Ray. Get it done. Uh, you know... I am absolutely uh, 
relaxed about the whole situation now that, you know, you don't have to worry about someone who's not committed long-term. It's great. It's excellent. I mean, Travis Zajac's done in uh, July 1st of 2021. So this gives you that whether the Dells finish uh, in the draft lottery one through five or 10 through, you know, 16, you're, I mean, or even all the way at thir- like uh, below 31, you're still going to get excellent picks with those two first rounders. I, I actually did my draft ranking of uh, one through 18 already. Yeah, I mean, look, it, the draft, again, is loaded this year. Um, but it, it, it's not always the first – it's not always the first-round talent that is what is noticeable. It's the other talent. So you have to – you build your team in rounds two through seven, as I tell everybody. So um, that's where it's going to be. Um, you know, it's going to – it's crazy to think that you know, the Devils have all these picks still. And Ray Shiro's doing what he does best, and that's acquiring picks and building the team that, that he wants to have on the ice. And you can start to see it now, you know, with the coaching change and Azure Dean is getting them to play team first. Um, as I wrote about, that's, that's the biggest thing that they need to do is getting back to playing team first hockey. Um, and, and you can see it now. Um, and... You know, today's today's game alone, look, down 2-0. Okay, you could have mailed it in. They probably would have mailed it in back in the, you know, back early on in the season. They even talked about it on Sunday at going down in Ottawa down quick. Oh, we could have mailed it in. Instead, we fought back. So, it's a good morale booster, and they have the ability and now have the belief that they can do it. And I saw a lot of positive feedback on Twitter, um, from Devils fans and and especially seeing uh, I hate to say but Yaroslav Halak broke his paddle right after losing in the shootout. So fans are actually like feeling good for once. It wasn't on us. Yeah. So it, I mean, you know, fans going forward, I believe they're starting to see more of the light. But we're not out of the woods yet. We're 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 still going through the the growing process. And like I said about the progression, you know, I noticed Nikita uh, Gusev, uh, he had a really good two-way game today. And I was hoping that he would start picking that up. And he's looking a lot better well-positioned in the neutral zone. Yeah, I mean, his defensive game has come a long way. Um, you know, his game overall is, is really well. I mean, he's got – I think he's what um, – he's, he's up there in points now. Uh, in a league, not only for the Devils, but the league as well. He's, he's creating things um, five on five. It's unbelievable what he's doing. And, you know, again, it just took him – it took him time to adjust to that. I believe, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Elaine Nasruddin is the full-time coach with the way – things are starting to uh, turn around and it seems the players really like him and, you know, they're buying into that system. And, you know, because that system is very functional, 
I I can see them, you know, reapplying it the next season, but it depends on what Ray sees on the off season. But like you have Dan Balsma, you have possibly John Cooper, uh, but you have all these guys that could be, you know, head coach material. You don't know if Patrick Eliash could be a head coach. You don't know if Granada wants to be a head coach for the Devils. I mean, uh, there are and Sandlin. You know, you have so many options going into the next season. Uh, but this is going to be the most important choice of Ray Shiro's career in New Jersey. Yeah, it is. I mean, they they could depending on how they do, and if they want don't want to go in another direction. They could remove the interim tag from Elaine Nazardine and, you know, make him the full-time guy next year. Like, um, just thinking about, like, how people talk about when you look at the world junior players, a lot of these kids are the future of the NHL. And and what I like from Sandlin is – what I want to see in a future NHL coach. And I like the way that the players are buying in together. And if it's not Nazardine, I I'm beginning to think it's going to be Sandlin. Who's going to be the guy. If uh, Ray Shiro does not put that quarter in the Bilesma uh, merry-go-round again. Uh, but if Bilesma is going to be the successor in Detroit, then that's one less name you have to worry about. Absolutely. I mean, look, I, I, I'm liking what Scott Sandlin's doing um, with Team USA. Um, they still have a hill to climb. Finland quarterfinals Thursday. Um, but I, I'm liking what Nazarene said, and you know, he could be, he's, he could be on that list, and he could stay on that list as a guy that Ratio has belief in. Maybe. You know, like a one or two year deal, just maybe give him, you know, give him a chance to finish what he started. Because, like, you see how, like, Hines was the the developer of the team, you know, after, you know, what was it, the 2014 2015 year. So he came in that time in 2015 2016 team under Ray and he started to write the ship a little bit, but uh, he basically made some stuff out of nothing and kind of helped Ray build the team up. But uh, with today's game, I don't see him, you know, like I just couldn't see Hines being the guy going forward. And I like the way Nazardine has succeeded and he's made it a lot brighter and cleaner for these players to buy into uh, a system and thinking about how Jack Hughes and Paul Mary are taking their grasp on this team. They certainly are making a name for themselves. And along with Blake Coleman, he's starting to uh, become his own person. Yeah. I mean, Coleman, you know, Coleman's a solid player. He's, he's always been good. Um, but he's just coming into his own this year. Um, something about it. He's got, you know, he's got that extra oomph to him. And now, 
you know, he's with two guys. You know, he's playing with Zajac. He's playing with Gusev. He's getting open ice. He's for some reason likes that one-handed shot. He's mastered that shot. Um, How was that, that opener? Um, and he's done it before, too. He's done it other times as well. But, um, you know, he's he's a player I, I like. They could bring him back. Um, you know, like I said, Zajac will be a lifer. I, I don't see them trading him away or him going anywhere. I think he'll just retire devil. Um, you know, there's inter you know, it's funny the, you know, with the depletions now on um Toronto Maple Leafs um blue line, you know, with Muzzin out, do they look at Andy Green? Would he waive his no trade clause to go up there, have a chance at the playoffs and, you know, potentially winning a cup? Or does he want to just finish out with the Devils? It'll be interesting to see what they do and how that you know they got a big game against the Islanders on Thursday. You know, Islanders have been playing really well. They got two good goalies, Verlamov and Grice. Barry Trotz has got a great team. They play defense. It's just gonna be one of those, you know, hard physical games. Very defensive. Yeah, very defensive game. It's not going to be a run and gun style like you saw no. like you saw the other night. So that's a big game for New Jersey. I mean, they don't have a run in them, but they can get out of the cellar. I believe they can. I mean, you can if you can play a very steep Bruins team. I know the Bruins are a more heavier team, more physical team than the Islanders. But if you can play a team like the Bruins like that, which I believe the Bruins are the toughest team the Devils ever face. Yeah. The past decade, you basically can just play about anyone. As long as you keep your head straight, I believe any stat that has to do with the Taylor Hall, John Hines era should be wiped off the map right now because – you can't compare apples and oranges again. You can't because you have to move forward. And who knows, like, you get a call up from uh, Binghamton. You know, McLeod might be called up or if Sammy Vatnin is traded, um, you certainly have to call up a guy or you bring in Matt Tennyson, who's sitting out. So, but – but I do think when you trade a guy or two away, I think one of your best call-ups on the forward side, you should definitely bring up uh, Marion student each. Yeah, I, I would like to see him up. You know, it's funny. You know, looking at the way the Devils are playing now over these past games, since the trade reminds me of Columbus, um, Blue Jackets, who lost Jonas Corpusala, their goalie, he's been, he came into his own this year because Bobrovsky wasn't there. And the fact that he goes down, you know, yeah, they might not have had all the skill. They lost all the skill. But they with Tortorella behind the bench, they were only six points out of a playoff spot. You know, they worked hard every night. Every single game they worked hard. And that's what you need. And the Devils are doing that now. You know, they may not make the playoffs. But if you compete hard every night and make it hard for better teams to just – 
you know, the, you know, they look at you on a schedule and be like, oh, yeah, it's an easy two points. So don't make it easy two points anymore because that's what Columbus decided to do. You want to make it hard on your opponent because when they underestimate you, like the way the Rangers did early in the season versus another opponent, they, they got their butts handed to them. And that's what happens when you uh, you underestimate anyone on any given day. This is an 82-game schedule. And regardless if the other team's decimated and you're, and you're not, but if you decimate yourself inside, then you're going to be destroyed by the other team. It's, it, it just goes hand in hand. Absolutely. It does. Um, you never underestimate anybody in this league. Um, it's, you know, it's any given night, any team can be any other team. And that's what it's all about. I mean, look, the, the Devils, they have, they have the talent. You're seeing it. They have a solid, solid team. Um, they're playing better. Could they add somebody here and there? Absolutely. Do they probably need another backup goalie? Probably. But right now they're playing well. And that's what matters the most. I believe, you know, they're not going to make a trade for the sake of making a trade. But if Sammy Vatnin wants to, you know, sign an extension in the middle of the season, give him at least that one or two year deal. I mean, you know, he's he's earned his money. He's played his way well to be a New Jersey Devil. And if he does want to get traded and he wants to sign an extension, you know, at least you can, you know, try and get more leverage back. Like, kind of similar, like, if you gave Hall that extension to give the other team, but kind of drive up the value. Yeah. Um, so, you know, look, there, if they have guys that are definitely could be on the move. Like, Miles Wood, there's definitely interest in him. No doubt about it. Um. But now, you know, what What can they do? What can they move going forward? You know, I believe, like, if you do move Miles Wood, it'd be great to get at least, like, a, like a third-round pick at least. Yeah, I mean, you got to get something for him. You're not going to get zero for him. You have to get something in return or at least another player. Yeah. You have to but get something I, for him. But I do believe if you bring up a guy, I could see, you know, Nathan Bashan being called up. You know, he's a he's a guy that brings a lot of size, a lot of grit. Yeah. And especially against all these tougher teams that you go up against, like the Islanders and the next several teams on the schedule, it makes sense to have – a kid like him to go up against them and kind of like neutralize those kinds of teams. Yeah, I, I could definitely, I definitely could see that. Um, you know, it's, you know, the Devils, it's going to be interesting because you ended 2019 the right way. You've got to carry that into 2020 because the Devils are looking for their first three game winning streak of the year. 
And I would like to see that happen. Too many of this two and done stuff. Let's let's see if they can keep. If they get a point out of it, great. Keep the point streak going, but figure out a way to beat a, a rival in this area. And you know, it's just so much to look forward to. Let's see what they can do. They like they like you talk about you know playing the Islanders next. Then you got the Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche will be in Newark, New Jersey, Saturday, January 4th, 7 p.m. Everybody get ready to uh, to see the Devils take on Kale McCarr and uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a uh, – it's going to be a fun – it's going to be a fun game. I know some friends that are going to that game. That'll be a good one. Well, we all could have had Kale McCarr, but you know what? Who who knew if he would turn out to be such a great dynamic player that quickly coming out of UMass Amherst? I mean, you know, it looked like he was going to be that um, – looked that good in college, but it's um, it's amazing to see what he's doing. I know on Spitting Chicklets they talked about just giving him a check and letting him have what he wants for the next eight years. I'm not sure if that exactly works, but I think he's worth every damn penny right now. Uh, but certainly, I guess, like I say about, you know, the Devils and their players, I see Jack Hughes turning it up. You know, he's eventually going to get a huge raise, similar to Nico, maybe a little bit more when he – his that second, third year, and he starts to peak more. I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I could definitely see him getting um, more money for sure. Um, I mean, he's the backbone of that of that defense for Colorado. I mean, don't forget, you got guys on that team. You got Nate McKinnon. He's already got paid. You got Landis Scott, Randon. I mean, they got a lot of talent on that team. And it, and if we talked about the Avalanche a few years back, you know, they were going through what we were going through, which was they had Matt Duchesne, you know, being a similar thing when the way we had Taylor Hall, you know, they were on the downward trajectory. And they got that three-way trade and they leveraged it. So they sent Duchesne to Ottawa and Ottawa didn't, lottery protect that first overall pick to uh Colorado and then that became Bowen Byram. Yeah. So they really lucked out against Ottawa in that trade and then Kyle Turris goes to Nashville and that deal. So it's like, you know you know, they they basically made like bandits, you know, in that time frame. And they built that team forward from the past few drafts. And it, this is kind of like a mirror of what the Devils are going through uh, after dealing with the Coyotes. Yeah, uh, it's crazy, you know. I mean, look what, you know, it's crazy to think that Colorado was really bad. They were, what, 40, they had, what, 48 points that one year? I was going to say it was below 50 points. It, it was bad. Um, and now they're, they're, they're fighting for division title, probably going to make the playoffs for three years in a row. They got young players. They got Bowen Byram and Cam McCarr back there. 
you know, plus they got Samuel Gerard in that trade for Duchesne. I mean, they they are doing it the right way, and Joe Sackick is doing it on his terms. And it seems that, you know, Devils fans have something to look forward to now, you know, with all the, you know, the trades that they made getting Hall out of there. And, you know, they're coming into their own. And I will say this, like, I know we, you know, Devils fans usually are not the most patient, but they certainly are learning about how to turn around a, a failed franchise the past, what, uh, seven years, it feels like. Yeah. Because the way it's starting to turn is it's starting to become a bit more successful each day now that, you know, you developed adding Jack Hughes, you have Jesper Bratt, you have Jesper Bofist, uh, you have Damon Severson, who's who's rebounding from a uh, a bad game where I said, redeem yourself. And he redeemed himself in uh, the shootout, which basically gave Mackenzie Blackwood the big shootout win. And we're starting to see a trickle-up effect of these players drafted over time. And they're starting to build that um, that culture and being able to build that uh, that core so it's it's starting to look a lot cleaner and clearer right now. Absolutely, it is, and and they are uh, they're playing. You know, you're seeing who and what is on the horizon for the Devils when it comes to you know the prospects out there and, and what you can look forward to, and it's you know it's a fun thing to see and. Now that that's, you know, now that they're getting, um, you know, some wins and putting, you know, guys are getting points in the standings and they're having fun out there. And that's the big thing. They're having fun. They're knocking, you know, they're not, things aren't letting them down. They're being even healed. You know, Jack Hughes said it best, you know, he's like, you know, even though he wasn't scoring goals, he was, you know, he was still, his confidence didn't drain, didn't worry. And, it's uh, it's good to see, and you know, Mackenzie Blackwood's just been on fire for the Devils this year. He's the reason why they were in a lot of those games to begin with, and why they're winning games now. So it's you know, it's a great, it's a great thing for them. And I will say this: like uh, when it comes to the core of this team going forward, you know, let's pretend you know Wayne Simmons and Travis Ajak and and Greener aren't there. Um, so I'm just thinking about, you know, you have guys like, uh, Paul Mary, you have Gusev, um, let's think about if Miles Wood doesn't stay and if the Devils end up keeping Zaka instead of Wood, you know, you still have Coleman, you have Jack Hughes and Heischer and Bofist and Brat in that nucleus. And then on the defense, you have PK Subban, you still have, Vatnin for the time being. You have Damon Severson. You have Butcher. Uh, I'm not sure if Connor Carrick will be here uh, after 2021, though. Uh, but you do have Jill Sen and Blackwood going forward. So you you have a lot of guys who will be here, 
and other guys that won't. So there's going to be a fair amount of turnover uh, between the trade deadline and in the offseason. But um, the core of the Devils team looks pretty good uh, in the near and longer term. So to our listeners, you know, it is a business, but it's certainly going to be a model that will grow together over time and will build success, you know, in the next decade. Yeah, I mean, look, the Devils are doing things the right way. You know, everybody, you know, hates the word patience when it comes to, you know, the NHL because, you know, everybody's in win now. But if you look at the teams that, you know, have, have developed the right way and done things the right way, it's um, it's it's paying off for them, and you just got to hope that it pays off for the Devils in some way. And the fruits of their labor are being rewarded, you know. Um, so it's it's a, all positives right now. And also a positive thing to look forward to is uh, is the sacrificial lamb that uh, Ray Shear will have to make uh, by 2021 in the that upcoming uh, expansion draft with this with the Seattle expansion team. Yeah. So. Who knows if they'll be the totems or the uh, the Kraken. Uh, but I do see that, you know, the Devils will sacrifice one contract that they won't have to necessarily buy out. So it makes sense because um, looking at cap friendly still, uh, the only buyout you have left is Mike Camilleri's by 2020-2021 uh, season when it concludes. But you still have the recapture penalty of two hundred fifty grand of Ilya Kovalchuk by the end of twenty twenty five. I mean, two hundred fifty grand is nothing. It's pennies on the dollar. Yeah, that's like twenty five cents. So I mean, well, two billionaires that is, but yeah, to us it's a lot of money. But I mean, I wish I had two hundred fifty grand, but <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is the season for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so I mean, look, it's it's you know, like I said, you close out New Year's Eve, you know, New Year's the right way. Um, you know, to get a victory. You've got victories now in your last two. You've won three out of four. You're picking up points. You know, little things along the way is what making you successful and have people believe and. You know, the Avalanche game, the Islander game, you know, Avalanche game is going to be fun. I'm actually trying to think about maybe getting down there for that one. I want to see those guys in person for Saturday night, so why not, right? Um, and and then you have the Rangers on the ninth, if I'm correct. Yeah, so, I mean, there's just, you know, a lot. Of, there's, there's you know, if you played this well against Boston, you definitely could play well this well against uh, teams like Colorado, and you can keep beating up on bad teams as well. I mean, it was funny. I saw somebody online say, I, I, um, covers the Bruins, you know, it amazes them how the Bruins play down to their competition. Well, it's, you know, that's like the Devils forever. I always said it. The Devils always played down to their competition when they were really good, and they always played up to the level of their competition. And, and nothing's changed. I just, I, I always keep saying, like, they always – the Devils now are starting to play into their uh, their capability to be able to play no matter who that team is and no matter how good or bad they are. 
they can get it done. Yeah. I just believe that they will they will succeed in doing what they can, and they will eventually uh, come into their own as a very successful team in the next few years, especially with the draft picks that you know you know that we talked about a little bit earlier on the defensive side, but also the rest of the players from the 2016 to 2019 drafts haven't, you know, really cleared yet. So um, you, you basically have a baking sheet tray of really good players coming in off each rack and they're starting to come into the cookie jar and ready for consumption. Yeah. So, you know, the lot of production, Hughes getting Getting this thing, Palmieri, he's going to the All-Star game, second year in a row. I mean, there was no one else, you know, more deserving than him. I mean, he's been playing well. So, that's going to be good for him to go represent the Devils in St. Louis. Though, I probably think he would want some time off, but he'll have some fun again this year. Um, hopefully, Nico gets there, too, because I think I think he deserves to be there. Um, so, remember, fans, go vote him in. You know, oh, voting starts tomorrow at noon. No wonder why my link wasn't good. Right. Voting starts tomorrow at noon. Just stuff the ballot box. Vote as many times as you want. Do it. Get him there. It'd be nice to have he Shove there. it all in there. Shove exactly. It all in. Exactly. So, I Nico mean, deserves every bit. Absolutely. Um, I think he definitely deserves to be there. Um, You know, you know, just a couple, like, you know, some thoughts here. You know, I think. You know, two big games. You gotta get some points there. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to see what um, you know, how Ty Smith and Kevin Ball play on Thursday in Canada's quarterfinal. I'm hoping the Team USA can get a win over Finland. That would be great. Um, and maybe there'll be an upset or two, as I always say. You know, Brad Gilbert, tennis guy, always says when the, when the tournament starts, like down Aussie or French or Wimbledon, U.S. Open, he's like, "Who you got an upset alert?" And I was talking with Scott Lachlan from um, from NHL Network Radio, and he thinks the Russians and the Swedes are on upset alert. So, I think that the way I saw Yaroslav Oskarov on his first game against uh, the Czechs kind of made me think that you know the Russians are going to be on upset alert uh, a little sooner than I thought, and I I evaluated. Askarov, uh, him being a hybrid goalie, he likes taking away the high shots, but he he gets beat on those low shots. And that's going to be something he's going to have to uh, work on if he wants to take back the, the net against his own teammate. And Valerie Brogan, the, uh, the, the coach for Team Russia, who's been there for quite a long time, I, I would like to see him at the NHL level because he's always makes it tough and makes it, you know, a very uh, competition ridden type of team. And it's a very type, very tight rope. Yeah. And, you know, Brogan's not afraid to pull his goaltender as we've seen in the first couple of games, uh, first four games, you know, he's used two goalies twice. So, I mean, if Askarov struggles, he, I, don't be surprised if Brogan pulls the plug. He might even go with him in the quarterfinal game. You don't know. I mean, look, he he pulled Andre Vasilevsky in 2012. 
against Sweden because he didn't like what he was saw from him, and the game was tied. Be, there, and he had some sort of feeling about if his goaltender isn't in the right mindset. It's like pulling a pitcher when it is tied, but you would rather go to the reliever who would shut it down right. and calm the game down. So I do think Bragan could be a, an ideal coach, but I'm not sure if, you know, I don't want to sound political, but uh, Putin does have his hand in the cookie jar of the Russian national and, team. And, so. like, Bragan's getting help on the on the bench, too, with Igor Larionov. So Igor Larionov is uh, his assistant coach for the Russians in uh, at the World Juniors, just the way Elias is with um, the Czechs. So, I mean, look, the Swiss put up a great fight against today against Finland. That was an unbelievable game. Um, so, you know, the Swiss are no pushovers. Uh, they're they're basically Swiss army knives, no pun intended. I mean, they're finding a way to score despite not having all that offense. But, again, they returned 10 players from last year's team, so they know what it takes to win here. Um, and then, obviously, you know, you know, we got that game. Obviously, Canada plays Slovakia. I don't see Slovakia giving Canada much of a much of trouble um Canada it will be a very it will be a very loud contest literally because Slovak fans are they they come right next door from to, to Czech Republic and they fill up the stands with their own people and they bring that atmosphere it's going to be bonkers yeah, when they do. They they'll be there. I mean, the, the games I've watched, it hasn't been as loud if, as if the Czechs were playing. Um, so when they play Sweden, it's gonna be a loud game. That one dude yesterday, like different faces of the game, like he was upset and he was happy. That was great. Oh yeah, the guy with the uh, with the hat. Yeah, the, the, the old guy. Yeah, the old guy with hat. the hat. That guy was crazy. He um, covered his face after the first. Goal was waved off. Then uh, the check scored on the power play, and then he's like positive mood. I understand that. Yeah. Then um, uh, obviously you got Kazakhstan, Germany playing in relegation round. Um, I have a funny feeling Germany's going to win that game. I think Germany. I think Germany should win the uh, relegation series against um, against Kazakhstan. Uh, unfortunately, Kazakhstan will not make it three years in a row at the top level. They'll have to work their way back. Um, but, you know, Germany's been playing well. I mean, they, they beat the Czechs in a stunning upset. No, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. There's, like, I talked about it with Will Scouch earlier in the year about how Germany's beginning to produce a lot of really good NHL talent over the past 10, if not 15 years, if you – Count Christian Erhoff, and it seems that they're really hitting on that professional hockey uh, talent, and it seems to be paying off. And regardless if the Devils, you know, are in the top ten or the top uh, twenty, I believe that you can still get a really awesome player within that range. You don't have to win the top three to be successful in the draft because a lot of the great players do, you know, end up falling back, you know, the way it does filter depending on how teams evaluate talent. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was, you know, when this tournament was on and Germany was in it, and then Leon Dreisaitl was there. Um, he just took the world by storm at that tournament. Um, you know, you know, things haven't really panned out well for Philip Sedina in Detroit, but I think, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna make, um, he'll, I think he'll be okay in the long run. But, you know, they're figuring out a way. to do it um you know germany's playing a different style usually they sit back and attack and don't attack they play like more of a trap but um they could they could definitely be they're definitely a team that could you know they'll they'll stick around they're definitely playing more aggressive they just ran into a couple buzz saws in russia i mean imagine if they had won today they beat russia russia would be in rele- relegation that's almost unheard of. Like, well, I I find that you know back to the the Russian game, you know they they seem to get rattled a lot easier because they're not on home soil, but also that the players get a little too physical and they just like you said are a little hot headed, and I believe that plays into their uh, their weaknesses, and I believe that's where the Swiss do better is that they're more calm and collected. They just happen to be a lot more experienced, and they tend to be a little bit more cautious than the than the Russians. Yeah. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun – it's going to be some fun games, a lot of hockey on Thursday. Uh, one game tomorrow, obviously, Winter Classic. It's nice. Uh, Nashville and Dallas, Cotton Bowl. One of my sources actually works for the Texas Stars, so apparently my source and her husband won't be able to attend that because they're they'll end up being flying home a little after. Yeah, I mean it should be a good game. It should be fun. Atmosphere should be good. Uh, guy I know down in Nashville, he'll be at the game. Um, so you know he's probably gonna grab me some things there. Um, but I mean. You know, it should be a good game. And then Thursday, back at it, you know, full slate, including World Juniors. So just enjoy just enjoy the rest of your night with your friends and family. Be safe. Don't be stupid. You got Uber. You know, it's not worth DWI. If you're going, going out, going to a friend's house, be smart. Stay the night. Don't drive. If you want to go home in your own bed, call an Uber and get your car the next day. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Don't get schooled. I will say this, though. Um, there is a, a, a very positive note that one of our listeners up in Canada, uh, Jake Wakely and uh, Cheyenne, are due to have a, a little kid in, uh, in June by the 19th. So it'll be a little Devils fan to come and uh, cross the border. And uh, I wanted to give Jake and Cheyenne Wakely a nice little shout out there. And uh, I would like to see uh, Canada beat Slovakia on the second. Uh, hopefully they can do that uh, without the likes of Alexi Lefrenier uh, on that team. But I would like to see uh, Quentin Byfield uh, make a name for himself and uh, become a hero for Team Canada while uh, Lafreniere is absent. Uh, I would like to see Team USA beat Finland uh, tomorrow as well. Um, 
But I do think the Swedes and the Czechs will go to overtime. Yeah, I mean, look, the Swedes seem to always, um, how should I say this, uh, figure out a way to uh, not play their best. So the way it works out, so I'm looking at the bracket. So the way it works out is this in, uh, Switzerland and Russia and Canada and Slovakia uh, match up on one side and the United States, Finland, Czech Republic and Sweden match up on another side. So, you know, the road to the gold medal game is a little tougher for the United States um, than it is Canada, though Canada did. If Russia does somehow advance past Switzerland, which they could, you know, Canada, you know, was going to look for revenge against um against the Russians there, and Nico does has lost that starting job. So, you know, Canada's going with their other goaltender. They're riding their hot hand. Um, oh, Hoff. They're, yeah. They're, uh, what was it? Hoffer, yeah. Yeah. I, I was just trying to recall it in my mind. I, I know that he's done a lot better job than Dawes had, and Dawes actually, you know, he gave up, uh, what was it, four goals against the U.S.? Yeah. And so he just seemed to be a little bit, uh, a little bit overpowered in that game. So I tend to think that, you know, going forward, you know, Team USA, you know, if they can do just fine in tomorrow's game against the Finns, they'll they'll be a okay. Um, whether it's gold medal, silver medal, bronze, if they if they pass the first round. They should they should be okay, but uh, Finland still has some pretty good players like uh, like Winnipeg Jets defenseman uh, Vili Heinola, who can really skate up the puck and really join the rush. Yeah, so I mean Finland's got Finland's got some scores, um, they got some good defense. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be a fun day of hockey. Uh, Come January second at the World Juniors, it starts early, so um, it, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good day of hockey. It's it's gonna be a a game you should not have to drink so much that you can't watch it. Uh, I advise everyone to uh, celebrate with seltzers, um, as we do after every Devils victory, and play hip hop hooray, which is. Uh, the quintessential Devils victory song, and uh, you can still play Glory Days, uh, although this is a new era of uh, Devils hockey and whatnot. So uh, I know that we have listeners nowadays uh, in Australia, which is amazing. Uh, matter of fact, I just think that the way the game has grown, it's just really taken off on the right foot, uh, especially – when people do travel, they go to Europe, and when you watch those European league games, you know you can see some really good talent get drafted, like Stutzle. Yeah, there's some always some great talent um, in in the European games. It's just so much talent in the in this tournament. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting to see who. It's wide open. Um, you don't know who's gonna win. But 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun tournament. It's definitely gonna be a fun tournament. Or as as we always say in my household, uh, when it comes to uh, Polish food and uh, culture, it ain't over until the fat lady sings. Or if you're put on the Swiss side of things, it ain't over until the next person yodels. So who knows what happens tomorrow in uh, in those matchups on uh, New Year's Day uh, in Czech Republic. So I would like to think, you know, it's going to be a very, you know, high-powered offense and a lot of really good goaltending and a lot of uh, – a lot of heartbeats going tomorrow, especially in the uh, the rounds where you do not want to be relegated. No. Uh, it, this is one and done now. So bring your best game, and you better find a way to advance and survive, as they say. And, you know... It's just, it's just a fun, it's just a fun tournament. Just be prepared, and like the Devils have been, they keep being prepared, and they keep somehow winning. And I will say that you know, with this being the last podcast of 2019, going forward to 2020, there will be a lot more to deal with. We'll have so many ideas. You know, I encourage the listeners. Uh, and our fans on social media to, you know, send us voice messages on here. You know, anchor.fm makes it easy to send in your voice messages. So like, uh, like one other person did earlier on the podcast, uh, did give us a little voice message, which was actually a first of many. So I hope that uh, our viewers, when they use anchor.fm, they can do that. Um, but I also notice a lot of people like to use their, uh, their Apple podcast app. So that's actually been a big driver for us. Yeah. You know, get, you know, we, we love the support, uh, from everybody, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple podcasts, anchor.fm, Spotify, it's too many to name. Um, but you know, just, we're glad you're enjoying the show. Glad you're enjoying our content. And, you know, we'll be back for you in early um, 2020. Um, now that 2019 is in the books, uh, not officially yet. Still got some hours left. But A few all, hours but left. This, but this is our last show of 2019. Last of 2019, 2020 will be filled with more fun and excitement. Hopefully the Devils start to uh, keep progressing forward. Uh, we'll see how everything after the world juniors wraps up because you have the potential to see future New Jersey devils and other NHL players, which impact this podcast. And also we want to get this podcast more international. So spread the, spread the word. If you want to support the show, uh, big heads, uh, You can support us there uh, through the online store. We got uh, unisex uh, Jersey Joe Corner shirts and sweatshirts. And like everybody, just be safe out there. Don't be stupid. If you want to consume some beverages, go for it. But don't be stupid when when uh, when, you, when it comes to drinking and driving. That's a big no-no. And especially, you know, you don't want to be paying uh, someone else's fines in the new year. Right. I 
I I will say this, people: be smart. Just don't start something very negative on on the new year because you want to get off on the right foot and finish on the right foot. Exactly. And I will say thank you all to our listeners, Devils fans, hockey fans, new fans listening to the podcast. Thank you for your support in 2019. Let's do it in 2020. Let's do it in 2020 indeed. And I hope everybody has a happy and healthy new year. And as we like to do it on every podcast, we'll end with this. Woo! Woo! Peace out. Peace out.